I, I was taken by the uh, late night host Stephen Colbert saying that our national nightmare is finally different. <laughs> so <laughs> not over, but different. A different. So, uh, <laughs> I love that. Yes, exactly. So it continues. But uh, I think that it was very important for the institution to uh, extremely important for the institution to to reconcile this situation and to have a speaker. There's nothing can get, get done. No legislation can go to the floor. It's got to go through the speaker. And so it's very important. He's, you know, the third in line for the presidency, he or she. And it's uh, it's a very key role in the United States government. So that was left vacant for three weeks, three weeks uh, after, as you said, uh, ousted of the uh, former speaker, Kevin McCarthy. So yeah. but uh, he... he's there and not very not very well known. I think your question is going to come, right? Yeah. How well known is he? Well, how well known is he? Um, probably unknown over here, but uh, how well known is he over there? And and is he a good choice? Well, uh, this <laughs> plays really right into my podcast over here, over there, because he's also unknown over there as well. <laughs> I mean, I think other, 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 other colleagues, uh, his, uh, in, maybe not in the House, but certainly in the Senate, they were saying they had to Google him and to find out what his background was. They didn't know much about him. I mean, his name is very plain, Mike Johnson. There's thousands of Mike Johnsons in the United States. So, um, but who is he? He's uh, yes, he came across. I watched his speech last night. Um, and he came across very cordially uh, towards the Democrats and talk about bipartisanship and getting the House back on track, you know, working together, um, talk about the, you know, the challenges coming up as far as, you know, funding the government, that deadline coming up on November 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that aid package to Israel and to Ukraine and, you know, just making sure his uh, Republican caucus operates uh, as close to uniformly as possible, which is are going to going to be a very tall task. So, but um, as far as who is he, well, you know, there's uh, he, to, to listen to that speech, you would think that he was a moderate or a kind of an institutionalist, but yet in fact, he was one of the key architects to uh, uh, to challenge the legal, uh, you know, to legally challenge the results of the 2020 election in so the he House was of a, Representatives. He was a denier then, He's an election denier. denier. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think that that shows you where the center of gravity has now come to in the GOP. We are we knew that it was sort of rampantly going through the GOP, but now it is institutionalized. Before with Kevin McCarthy, the previous speaker, he was more of a puppet. He was more of a moderate, but then a puppet of the of the MAGA wing. But now you do have almost a card carrying MAGA Republican in that role. Um, but he's not as demonstrative as other other um, uh, nominees like Jim Jordan. He's you know, just as the the clip said. He's 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 quiet. He's humble. Mm-hmm. He's well spoken. He used to be a um, a radio announcer as well. Um, and, and in his <laughs> oh, day, I like so, him all of a sudden. Yeah, there you go. You have <laughs> a chance. Now. You have a chance. Anybody? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll give it my best. Why shot. not? Why not? Yes, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, have but, some uh, time on my hands soon. So yeah, no, that sounds like a, 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 a good thing. Um, is the fact then that he's close to Trump? What can we read into that? Well, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how he conducts himself now that he's speaker, um, and how much does he owe that allegiance to Trump? I mean, he got the role because. Yes, he was a MAGA Republican. He, I think it was also out of just sheer attrition and tiredness that the moderate Republicans, they see the need, you know, need, need to get going, get the job, mm. get the House of Representatives going again, because they were going to get blamed more and more and more 
for uh, you know this this intransigence of of uh, of the Republicans. So. So, so I think that you know, so it was a unanimous decision. All 220 Republicans voted for him this time. So uh, even though, for instance, his his uh, stance on like um, he's anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ rights, uh, he's against uh, further support for Ukraine, and and you know, there's other you know MAGA mm. kind of leaning policies that he's that uh, that he supports. So how he moderates himself. And talks to both within his party between the moderates and the extremists, and then turn to the Democrats and, mm-hmm. and negotiate with them. It's going to be quite a balancing act. So this this drama, this Shakespearean drama <laughs> or tragedy, whatever I don't know what you're going to do it is uh, is still ongoing. We're going to see how this plays out in Act Two and Act Three. Yeah, it's an ongoing one. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, Let's talk about Donald Trump, shall we? Uh, He's not making uh, friends and influencing people, certainly not in the courtroom at the moment. No, no. In fact, he was hit with a fine of uh, $10,000, which is more symbolic than anything else, of course, to someone with his wealth. But uh, still, it was a blow to him personally uh, from a reputation point of view and just... But of course, he came out of that steaming mad and gave an interview and criticizing the judge. He just slapped, just uh, slapped the ten thousand dollar fine on him, and that was for criticizing him and his law clerk. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's done that before. He's been warned before. And 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 this is in the civil case in New York City that this happened. So. Um, other cases, other indictments uh, that are, he's facing, the other judges are taking note, obviously, of what he's done. And sometimes they, you know, they can relate uh, and, and incite, you know, his behavior throughout across these cases. And, and it'll, you know, might affect his his uh, freedom of speech uh, in, in other cases as well. So mm. we'll see what happens there. It's um, the next step. If he And he's bound to cross that line again. You know it, don't you? What are what is this? Yeah, you know it. He's going to, and he's he's just he's just challenging him. He won't be quiet, and he won't he won't constrain himself. You know, it's not in his DNA. Mm. Um, yeah, when when you come out and criticize the judge for finding you for criticizing the judge, you know you you know, you know you're kind of in a bit of a cycle there, don't you? Um, talking of cycles, let's talk about the electoral cycle. In twelve months' time, there is you know a presidential election. Um, I. I don't know if there is a polite way of putting this, but when I saw Joe Biden the other day, I was reminded of the appearance of Brezhnev towards the end of uh, of of his. He looks poorly. He looks old. Um, and I, I know you shouldn't criticise someone for their looks, but is he going to run? He says he's going to. Is it, is it realistic that he will? Well, it is. Re- he is planning on running. He is the Democratic kind of front runner. Uh, there's no, you know, he's he's uh, announced that. Uh, whether he changes his mind, he's got to do it fairly soon because it's not just something that you can turn on and off. The, you know, mm-hmm. the other candidates, if, if that happens, have to prepare themselves. They have to fundraise, uh, which is one of the big things. So I would say that the, the window for that happening is nearly up. I mean, mm-hmm. when, especially if we, when we get to the uh, when we get to the primary season. So in in January and February. So there's only just a, you know, we're just two months away from Christmas. So before you know it, you're into January. And what has Joe Joe Biden decided? The the polling, uh, you know, across many polls in the in the U.S., you know, even among Democrats, 
you know, do not do not really want him to, to run again. Sixty mm. or seventy percent, you know, it's pretty consistent. So it's a bit it's a gamble. They're both sides, the Republican side and the Democratic side, have serious things to think about as far as that. But you know, he's got to run, obviously. Before, in in the in 2020, there was the COVID and there was the pandemic, and he, you know, he was in his mid 70s, 76 or so, and yeah. he ran from his basement because you couldn't go out there. He, there was a, a you know, a, a pretty tailor-made campaign for him in a sense because he's not even before that he was never throughout his career, and I've watched him since um, my days. I used to cover him in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and um, and saw him there. You know, he's a very good as far as governance goes, but as far as campaigning goes, mm. he's never been that strong. And so here he is in his 80s uh, mm. campaigning. And as you just observed, you know, he looks a little bit more weakened and not in the most robust health, but still he's there. He's, you know, he's, he is mentally competent and he's got a record that he can run on. But the trouble is, you know, he's got to turn up the volume and tell people more about his accomplishments all the way through. He's got some very significant pieces of legislation that has helped the American people. But he's, you know, I, you know, you really should hear it over here in the UK. You should really be able to hear the echo from the states, yeah, yeah. you know, from those campaigns and hit the shores and hit the media here. And so we know what he stands for as well. But, you know, so we that's don't. the big criticism <laughs> yeah. there, that he's just that he just doesn't. Um, you know, he's got to get that communication PR machine going, cranking to, to help himself out. Mm. And just uh, finally, and, and very quickly, because we're running out of time, Dan, um, there is the potential, very, very slim maybe, of another Kennedy heading for the White House or trying to head for the White House. Oh, yes, Robert Kennedy Jr. I mean, and I have to say, you know, his father is one of my heroes, but uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, not so. Um, he's... he's, uh, he's He's a, you know, he does the conspiracy theories. He's made his name and he's taken that track as far as being an anti-vaxxer and things like that. And he is running and uh, his own family has put out statements. His own brothers and sisters um, have put out statements not supporting his candidacy. So we'll see what happens there. Can he be a spoiler? And who would he he spoil? That's the question. Would he pull... uh, from the Democrats, you would think supposedly he might pull from the Democrats, but his stance might actually also attract a few of the kind of uh, moderate to right wing Republicans who don't want to vote for Trump, who might go for a Robert Kennedy Jr. Right. instead. So it's an interesting dynamic, as you point out. It's you know, it's we'll see about you know him and maybe other third party candidates jumping into the race.